Hello, welcome to the Life Center Lynchburg podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information, visit lifecenterlynchburg.com. Ploy to an entrepreneur is something that is deep down on the inside of who you are. And people are still trying to figure it out today. But it's clear by the gate, someone said the gate, the gate on this cage that every trainer knows that domestication is not a natural phenomenon. I'm going to say that again. Domestication is not a natural phenomenon. Especially for the lion. Who, his wild nature, who has a wild nature in here? Come on. His wild nature precludes him from ever being comfortable in the cage. Never being comfortable in that position. See, I'm going somewhere with this. Never being comfortable with the mentality that has been put on him. Tell your neighbor, I'm not comfortable. Come on. Yet even though his nature is fully wild, he has to be able to overcome the abusive background that has been his home for so long. He was born for the wild. But he has to overcome the fearful background that has been his home for so long. And yet if he has been raised in captivity, if he has been raised with a mentality of being stuck and this is who you are. This is who your mama and daddy were. This is who you'll always be. Your grandma and grandpa were alcoholics. Your daddy and mama were alcoholics. And now you're going to have to be an alcoholic. But this has been his place. This has been the area that he has lived. And his background has been so abusive. And it's now become so natural to this lion. And the question is this, how do I get out of an abusive, fearful background? And I'm speaking to somebody right now when it has become my new normal in my captivity. And just like the lion, we find ourselves going back and forth in this cage. Have you ever seen a lion doing that in a cage? Back and forth, longing to be free in the wild, longing to escape, but something inside of him is keeping him down. Moving back and forth, moving around, never doing anything different, doing the same thing day in and day out, doing the same thing, hear me on this, Sunday in and Sunday out, Coming, praying, shaking, singing, shouting, going back into the cage on Monday. Staying there and becoming familiar with captivity. Listen, just because something is familiar does not mean that it is natural. Just because something is familiar does not mean that it is right. It may be familiar because you were raised around it or you've been in the environment for so long that you're comfortable with it. But can I tell you that does not mean that it's natural. It does not mean that it's right. Just because something happened to you over and over again as a kid and you've become familiar with that does not mean that it was natural. Does not mean that it was right. Just because we have allowed ourselves to do things over and over again 
to ourselves and to others does not mean that it was natural. And it does not mean that it was right. The familiar, tell your neighbor the familiar. See, the lion's nature is to escape into freedom. But there must be something between staying and escaping. What stands between staying and escaping? What's holding you back from staying or escaping? What is it today that is causing you to not make the leap in the escape to break forth? How many of you know that that lion can very easily overpower that trainer if he wanted to? Very easily with one swipe, one bite. But because it had been trained, because it had been tranquilized, because it had been abused and it had lived in captivity for so long, something, some breakdown in its mind has kept him stuck in a little cage that if he wanted to, he could break free from at any moment. Tell your neighbor, say, break out. Come on. Break out. Say, it's time to break out. But what is it between you staying and escaping? There must be something between you on that job or letting go of that job and starting that business that you wanted to start. There's something in between being single for 40 years and yet all of a sudden stepping into a marriage. What is it that is standing between you and what God wants you to do or become? You see, this is about whatever your cage is today. Whatever has you bound today. Everybody in here has a cage of fear in some sort. It may be a spiritual cage. It may be an emotional cage. I don't know what you deal with. But everybody in here has a cage. And David says it this way. He says that we were born into captivity. He says it verbatim. He says we were born into sin. Shapened in iniquity. Shapened. File the teeth. File the claws. You were born into sin, shapened into iniquity. You were born in a cage, in other words. This world that is full of sin. But what do I do when all of my experiences around me validate my incarcerations? And yet my spiritual nature, tell your neighbor, I got a spiritual nature, come on. And it keeps nagging me and it keeps saying that there is something more out there for me than this cage. There is so much more that I know that God has for me, but yet I can't reach it. I can see the promised land, but I'm afraid of the giants. I can see the promise, but, but I, I'm stuck. I feel like, you ever had that dream where you're being chased, but all of a sudden it feels like your feet are just surrounded with concrete or you're running through quicksand and you can't get away from the enemy that can run faster than you? Anybody? Maybe it was just me in a weird dream, but I've had that before. And yours may be a little different, but you feel like you cannot get away fast enough. I feel like there's people in this room that you've been having that same anxiety and fear at nighttime and the devil's not letting you sleep and he's waking you up at two, three, four in the morning and you are breaking out in that cold sweat and you're worried about something. Look, that is not going to happen. Tell your neighbor, it's not going to happen. Slow down. Don't worry about it. Don't live in the fear of it right now. And here we go. We, we come into church and play that clip again for me of the lion. We come into church and the music is playing and the word of God is being preached. And all of a sudden, here's our roar. Mighty roar. 
we scream and we shout for God and we hallelujah. Come on, say amen. Amen. Praise God. And we let out our roar. And then all of a sudden, Monday comes back around. And we're back in the cage. Like a, like a kitten. Waiting to be bottle fed. Is anybody getting this today besides me? I'm getting ministered to through, I'm telling you. And we find ourselves in the place to where we know that there is that lion inside. We know that we have a roar that wants to come out, but yet this cage is suppressing everything in our spirit. The cage of fear. The cage of fear. You know, the roar that you just heard, play it again. Come on, we're going to play it till we get sick of it. Play it one more time. Play it again. You know what that roar is? That's the roar that is deep down inside of the person that is next to you waiting to be released. And I believe that after today, that God is going to release that roar in you. Amen. And then when you leave on Sunday, it's going to be different. When you go into your job on Monday, that roar is going to come out of you. Who's ready for that? I'm ready for that roar to come out. Not just on a service where I'm comfortable with everybody else. But I'm talking about releasing the sound. Someone say, release the sound. Release the sound of heaven. The Bible says that out of your bellies will what? Flow rivers of living water. You know what that is? It's the spirit of God. But the Bible says there's a power of life and death in your tongue. It doesn't say in my neighbors. It says the power of life and death in, someone say, my tongue. In my tongue. So if your tongue is not moving and you are not roaring and speaking those words, there is no life coming out of you. Sometimes all we do is speak the words of curses over our life. Oh, I'll never be enough. Come on. Oh, my back's hurting today. It may be. But can I tell you, you curse yourself every time you proclaim that. You're speaking death over that. Things will never change. If I can only make it through the week before they take my car. If, if, if they'll only hopefully stretch and forget to come by and, and turn my water off. If I can make it to another month. If I can just make it through another day. And we limit ourselves day by day, just week to week trying to survive. Have you ever been in that survival mode? Because you're, see, the devil has trapped you in that mode. The Bible says that God wants you to live the abundant life. Free. That doesn't mean that everything you want you're going to have, but it means everything you need, God will provide. What do you mean by that? He is everything you need. You were not created to meet my needs. My spouse was not created to meet my needs. The Bible says, he says, I shall supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. Amen? But we're living in fear. We're living in the cage of fear. And I came to church this morning with this word for somebody to tell you we didn't just come to sing. I'm not just looking for somebody to shout. I'm not just looking for someone to come into agreement with me. I am looking for somebody and God is looking for somebody in this room right now that is willing to get from point A to point B today. And what do you have to do to get to point B? What's standing in your way today? How long have you been holding yourself back because of the fear of man? What do you have to conquer? My second point, I'm going to skirt through these quick. 
is the limp. Tell your neighbor the limp. See, you may have already escaped. You may have already broke out. But you're going to limp back sometimes. You know, I heard it said the Bible, you know, where the Bible says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But I heard a preacher say it won't prosper. But that doesn't mean that it won't hurt. The weapon won't prosper, but that does not mean that that weapon may not cause a little bit of affliction or a little bit of hurt or pain in your life. And we read the story about Jacob when he wrestled with God and, and the Bible says that, that he struck him in the hip. That's the reason today that people over in Israel will not even eat the meat of the hip of any animal because of Jacob. I learned that today. He says that he fought to get what he came for. He battled and he struggled and he prevailed not only against God, but against man. You see, you've been in that position too, where you have fought with man. But have you ever fought with God? Anyone in here ever fought with God? I'm talking like you got angry. I'm not just talking about man. I'm, I'm saying you got angry with the Lord like David. Your prayers changed a little bit. Your conversation with him was not a King James version of, of what it should have been. It was some, maybe you even said some words or some things that you didn't mean to say, but the anger came out. The Bible says that he escaped the grip of the man he was wrestling. See, transitions are tough, but they're necessary. It's, it's not easy to go through the process without the pain. You have to be willing to endure a little pain. I want you real quick to read with me in Genesis chapter 32 for a minute. It says, and he said unto Jacob, what is thy name? In other words, who are you? Who are you? Have you ever wondered who you are? Have you ever looked yourself in the mirror and just didn't recognize you anymore? You ever looked in the mirror and just said, who, who are you? What are you doing? The old you would have never done this. Who have you become? What have you changed into? Maybe it's after you had a hard night and you finally got to a place where you were by yourself and you seen yourself in that bathroom mirror and you could not believe who you have become or what you have allowed to happen. Who are you? My question is, are you the one in the cage today? Are you the one that's in the wild today? Are you Jacob, the trickster, like his mama, like his uncle? All your kinfolk were, were slick, Jacob. They were sneaky. You're just like your mama. Anyone ever told you that? You're just like your daddy. Maybe that was a good thing, but maybe it wasn't. I swore when I grew up that I would parent different and I would never do the things that my, some of you teenagers know, I will never, ever parent like they parent. I will never do those things. I will completely treat my kids different and I'm going to be their best friend and, and we're going to get along and good. But you still have to parent, right? And God asks, who are you? And he says, my name is Jacob. He says, I guess I'm who they call me. I guess my name is what the world has called me. 
See, Jacob means trickster. Did you know that? Just because somebody called you something, just because they they branded you a certain way or said something about you or did something to you or took something from you does not mean that they have the right to define your destiny based on your history. This is good. And he said to him, he says, thy name shall be called no more Jacob. Thy name shall be called no more Jacob. Say it with me. Thy name shall be called no more Jacob. Now, this time around, instead of saying Jacob, I want you to take and put whatever label that they have put on you. Come on, just for a minute. Let's get serious. Whatever label that the world has put on you, whatever label that that person in your past has put on you or that fear that is hovering over you, I want you to take it and I want you to insert it. And we're going to say, thy name shall be called no more, whatever it may be. And we're going to say it out loud. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Thy name shall be called no more fear, whatever it may be. One more time. Thy name shall be called no more lonely. Come on, one more time. You you have to proclaim these things. If you can't speak it, it's not going to change. If you don't believe it, it's not going to change. Come on, thy name shall be called no more abused. Whatever it may be, thy name shall be called no more after today. After today, we're making the declaration. It shall no longer be called that. No more lonely, no more fearful, no more unworthiness in Jesus' name. No more living in lack or poverty. No more cycle of the habit that we can't let go of. No more. Look, I, I'm speaking to someone. I don't know who it is. And don't come up. Don't be embarrassed. But no more picking up the computer and the phone and getting on pornography. See, we want to get real today. I'm not here to patty cake you. I'm not here. You may not like me after this service. That's okay. My wife likes me still. But I didn't come just to make you happy. I come as an agitator today. I come with someone who's got a word from God to stir you up. My job is not for you to like me. I hope you do. But my job is to bring the truth of the word of God for what it is and what it says. And if we don't get it right and we don't act like it's real today, we will leave this place and we'll end up back in a cage. If we don't act real about it and we don't take it for what it says, not just all the God can bless me and everything is happy. I'm talking about the things that God says will help you change. The word fear is used 365 times in the Bible. That's one for every day of the year. A way to get over it. But here's the greatest part about it. He doesn't just say, you're going to go through a fear. He says, fear not. He didn't end there. The greatest part of it all. What does he say? For I am with you. Fear not. For I am with you. For I am with you. Tell your neighbor, you are not alone today. You are not alone today. Your name shall no longer be called Jacob when you leave this house, but Israel. Over in verse 30, as I'm wrapping this up, it says, And Jacob called the name of the place Benial, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Verse 31, and get this. And as he passed over Peniel, he says, The sun rose upon him. Isn't that good? After he passed through it, after he he went through the trial, after he wrestled with the Lord, all through the night, the Bible says, after the sun rose 
on him. God told me to tell someone that is in this house today that when you get past this, when you break out of this, then the sun is going to rise on you again. You might not have felt the warmth of the sun in a long time, but God said before you leave this house today, you're going to feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit that is surrounding you that will give you the assurance to know that you can break out of this cage today of fear. Oh, we sing the songs. I'm no longer slave to fear. Why? For I am a child of God. Sing it. I'm no longer slave to fear. Close your eyes. I am a child of God. Sing it again. I'm no longer slave to fear. For I am a child of God. Oh, for I am a child of God. Worship team, come up. Here's what I want you to do. I'm not done. I've got one more point, and we're going to get out of here. Don't be in a hurry. Promise you. They're going to have food left over at the restaurant for you when you get out of here. Tell your neighbor, say, don't be afraid. You're not going to starve. I'm no longer a slave to food. Hey, right? Couldn't we really put any word in that that we wanted to? Think about it. But what, are we just singing a song? Maybe we can play that one just soft. I don't know if you all know that to play. I know you know it, but do you guys know how to play this is how I fight my battle? You know how to play that? I just, I don't know, I felt like that's what we need to do in just a moment. I know you may be tired, but listen, something in you, you got to start warming up. You got to start stretching because something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. Something supernatural. Look, if you don't want it to happen, it's okay. It won't happen for you then. But if you want that, I'm tired of being in certain places of my life. I'm tired. I'll be 42, man. I know that might not seem old to you, but I feel it sometimes. I've been doing this a long time, and I vowed to God several years ago, I will not play church anymore. I will not allow the enemy to attack my family anymore. I will not allow the devil to try to put thoughts into my mind. See, it's not the thought that passes through your mind. You can't help that. It's the thought that you allow to stay that matters. I'm not letting it stay there. See, David allowed the thought to stay and it got him in trouble. But I challenge you today, as we're ending this in just a second, I want you to imagine what that cage of fear is in your life. Why? Because God needs you in the next place. I told the staff today, it's not just about you, but somebody is dependent on you breaking out of that cage. There is somebody on the other side of it that is in their cage that needs to see that someone else made it. I'm probably going to butcher this story, but there's a man by the name of Roger Bannister back in the days. He was a track runner, and, and it was said that nobody could beat, I believe it was the four-minute mile, ever. And no one did for many, many years. And all of a sudden, a man named Roger Bannister came along, but he made up in his mind that he would do it. And he broke the four-minute mile barrier. But here's the crazy part. Right after he broke that barrier, 
That same year, 30 more people did the same thing. They couldn't do for many years. Now, what held, it doesn't make sense that 31 people would break the, the four-minute mile all in one year, like all of a sudden people got faster. No. Nikes weren't even around then. Adidas wasn't around then. But what happened, and hear me on this today, because one person defeated the cage of fear, it encouraged, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place right now, it encouraged and inspired 30 more people to make it happen the second year. Over 300 people, I believe, had broken this, and it had changed the thought and the barrier and the cage, the four-minute mile. And what I want to tell you today is that somebody is waiting on you. You can cause a ripple effect. Dim these house lights for me, if you will. I'm landing this plane, but we're going somewhere else. Amen. Can I tell you the limp that you leave with was not designed to cripple you? The limp that you may have right now, the thorn in your side was not meant to cripple you or keep you back. It was meant to remind you and humble you that God has brought me from there. God has brought me all those battle wounds. Don't look at me and say, woe is me. Poor me. I went through this trial. God knows. I'm, I, I suffered for so long. Those scars are there to remind you that you were victorious, that you did not die, that you made it. Tell your neighbor, I'm here. I'm alive. I have breath in me. There is a brighter tomorrow. I have another chance right now. I may have come to this altar a hundred times over the same thing. But guess what? If I get to march around these walls one more time, I'm going to do so. I believe that somebody is one march around that wall away from getting a breakthrough. One cry away from a deliverance. One shout of praise away from God bringing you into something new today. I don't know what it may be for you. But I pray that there's some people, and I know there are in this room, who's ever limped their way through something. Come on, have you ever had to limp your way? I mean, you came dragging yourself, man. You look like you went through it, and you're going to make it. I don't care if I got to crawl. I'm going to cross the finish line. I don't care if it's going to take me another year. I'm going to do it. I don't care if I get a fight for this thing or continue to pray for my children or my spouse or my brother or my sister for another three years. I know that God is going to prevail. God, I'm willing to wait. Teach me your patience, God. Let it happen in my life today, God. But devil, I'm breaking out of the cage of fear today. There's some people in this house that you limped your way just to get to church today drug yourself in might have been a hassle for you maybe you've been limping for months right now barely surviving barely making it hanging on by a thread my last point is learning someone say learning here's where we end Matthew 11 and 29 says take my yoke upon you hear me he says and learn from me take my yoke because his yoke is lighter than ours he's here to bear the weight he says cast all your cares and your anxieties on me because I care for you he says take my yoke upon you and learn from me you've escaped but guess what now you got to learn how to hunt 
I got to learn how to hunt. I, I'm so used to being fed though. You mean, I got to learn how to read the word of God on my own and not just take from what they say on Sundays and Wednesdays from here and be fed by that? The Bible talks about how there comes a point where you get off the milk. Come on, tell your neighbor, get off the milk. You're a grown man. You don't need to be pushed around. I just get sick of seeing in the mall, you know, people push around a seven-year-old kid in a baby stroller. I just want to say, get that boy out of, that boy's grown. He's got a beard. He don't need to be in a stroller. Take the pacifier away from him. Get off the milk and tell your neighbor, say, it's time to get on the meat. It's time to get on the meat because you will not have proper development with just the milk. You need the meat. You need the thick stuff. You need the heavy stuff. Why? You can process it. Your body can handle it. And there are nutrients that you need that you have been missing for a long time. Learn from it. i got to learn how to hunt now. What do you mean? I don't know how to do it. Do I jump and then roar? Or do I roar and then bite? Or do I bite and then claw? I don't know how to do this. But you have to learn how to hunt. Can I tell you something? In order to learn in the wild, then you have to learn to unlearn the cage. In order to learn in the wild, that means you have to unlearn the cage. I've heard a saying that you can free the man from Egypt, but it's hard to free the Egypt out of the man. It's hard to free the mentality. That's what happened to the children of Israel. They were free, but yet their minds were still back in slavery. Learning. Learning. Thank you for listening to this message from Life Center Lynchburg. For more information, visit lifecenterlynchburg.com.